Welcome to Moment of Truth. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship, and our mission is leading students to Christ and preparing them to become reliable men and women whom God can entrust with his word for the next generation. We are continuing the conversation of the anatomy of the believer, and this is part two. So we talked about some of the hallmarks of a mature believer, and now we're going to continue that conversation. Yeah, just quickly we add that some people spend a uh, lot of energy trying to justify mm. their um, immaturity and their, mm. the nature of sin and looking for who is judging them and who is not judging them instead of just pursuing Jesus mm. Mm. and living righteously. Um, I liken it to people who, who you know, like, who f- like to fail exams and, you know, <laughs> and like to explain why they failed, you know, more than just pass and move on. Mm. They like to fight with professors at the end of the semester mm. for homework's not done mm. and write petitions against professors <laughs> rather than just do their homework and <laughs> and move on. I'm experience. I'm a professor and I know what I'm talking about. No, this, this is so is, real. This is yeah, real there though. are people who just through the semester they won't get their work done. Mm. They don't have energy to do their work. They have holes in every assignment. Zero, zero, zero. But they have so much energy. <laughs> at the end of the semester to argue for why the grade is not correct. Mm. Mm. They need a better grade. So m- many Christians are like that. And we, 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 we say, you know, we, we like to talk about grace. Mm. You know, grace, you know, you know, grace is, the grace covers me. Grace, we do this. Grace, you know, f- can don't forget grace. You know, the criminal on the, the, on the cross and they, you know, went to heaven with, with Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm going to, no, just repent. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, just stop yeah. that argument and yeah. just follow Jesus. And I think it's very important that we know it's easier to follow Jesus. I love that scripture mm. in First John chapter five, verse three. Yeah, he mm. said his, his commandments, commandments are, not are not burdensome. Mm. You know, to to love to love God is to obey His commandments, and His commandments are not what burdensome. They're not burdensome. Yeah. Just it's it's a happier life. Mm. To, you know, a, a life that's lived in obedience than the mm. one that's lived in disobedience, period. Mm. I am a happier man because I follow Jesus. Yeah. And I obey him. Compared yeah. to when I was not following him, I was miserable, mm. Mm. you know, so I can tell the difference. So mm. obedience forever will be better than disobedience, mm. whether we agree or yeah. not. And yeah. it's possible to live righteously. Amen. Yeah. Just two scriptures really quick uh, to kind of buttress this point. Like we're talking about how a mature believer is someone that pursues righteousness and and purity even in their motives. And I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of times, like Uncle George is saying, we want to justify this or that. Um, And scripture says it in Hebrews uh, 12, verse uh, 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And holiness is something that we really don't like to hear and we just like to be comfortable like we said we justify where we are or things like that but it's so imperative on um, the last scripture i just want to share in this matter it says in, in this scripture i didn't even realize uh, you know i discovered the scripture one day i was like man like i didn't even notice this thing was here like all along second corinthians 7 verse 1 it says therefore having these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the body and spirit perfecting mm. holiness in the fear of God. Mm. 
And this is really, um, I mean, it's profound in its uh, statement, but like, let's think about it as college students, right? Like this scripture says, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the body and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And yes, God has credited us, credited righteousness to us, but he asks us to do something. He says, cleanse ourselves from the filthiness and how we use our body, whether the things we look at, watch, do with our bodies, right? And of the spirit, things mm-hmm. that also affect uh, our internal man, our inner man. And yeah, so yeah. there's an active work of working out our salvation by fear and trembling, allowing the Holy Spirit to examine our motives. Like, is what we're doing righteous? You know, it says examine yourself to see if you're still in the faith. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes we get so defensive. We want to prove that, oh, I'm still in the faith. Like, don't judge me or all these yeah. things. But we have to be humble enough to allow the Holy Spirit and the word to examine our motives, yeah. to examine if what we're trying to justify is really godly, if it's righteousness, it's reflected in Christ, you know, things of that nature. So I think that uh, that's a you know, important aspect to maturity. Yeah. I also briefly just want to talk about also being uh, beware that we should beware of self-righteousness because mm. it's so easy to think that, okay, well, you know, I'm, maturing and look at those Christians who are doing all those different things Mm. and not seeing that you are actually accountable to your brother and sister as well. That it's not for you to look at them and um, degrade them. them, Right. I think about Jesus when he saw the woman who was caught in adultery, he saw an opportunity to restore her um, back into himself. He could have said you again, Mm-hmm. You're not tired of sex. Mm-hmm. Like you're not tired of doing all these different things. And people were ready to stone her. And he stood in front of all of them. And he said, where, like, where are your accusers now? Mm-hmm. He said, me too. I don't accuse you. Even the woman at the well um, in John chapter four, where it says that Jesus was, you know, going on, going about his way. And he stopped to encounter this woman and he knew her entire history. He could have just, you know, gone at it. But there was something about him where he wasn't so, I mean, it's God that we're talking about, but he still humbled himself to meet people where they are. And I think that if you're so righteous that you can't even help your own brothers and sisters in Christ, then is your righteousness really righteousness or is Mm. it just your own Mm. self-righteousness? That's that thing, again, of pride that puffs up and the enemy will use that to make you think that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm doing so well, but are you really doing so well when your own brother is sick? You know, are you really showing them love like we talked about? Yeah, yeah, and you can't reach out. I think Mm -hmm. the the people can easily pick up when you are trying to help them and when you are trying to put them down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people pick that up. Are you you trying to insult me or are you trying to lift me Mm -hmm. up? Mm -hmm. And um, I think um, we should position ourselves to do everything that the scripture said the scripture does. What does it do? It rebukes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It corrects. Mm-hmm. It trains. Yeah. It encourages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think anyone who is mentoring should be aware of those verbs, right? They're verbs. Yeah. I'm not an English person, but I know they're <laughs> active <laughs> verbs. Right. If you are if you are rebuking, make sure you are ready to also encourage, encourage you yeah. know, to train. Mm. Um yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let's um, let's talk about another hallmark of a mature believer. We talked about so many so far, um, but I think that we can still touch on a few more. So who wants to share another hallmark of yeah, a mature I'm just, believer? I'm just going to go ahead and talk about this mm-hmm. one. A matured Christian must understand two things. I think the last, the first part of this series, uh, we talked about sin. Now, now I want to talk about Satan. <laughs> you know, because they are two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they work together. They work together. They work together. Yeah, so um, 
you know, demonology is something that scares so many people. Mm. The modern day Christian, uh, the Western Christians mm. don't quite understand it. And uh, <laughs> they, they, I mean, I mean, when I say Western, I mean, you know, you all know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then yeah. The, the, the Africans understand it too much. <laughs> oh my God! Everything, everything is a demon. Everything is a The Western Christian hey, hey, don't, 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 don't mention, yeah, don't mention Satan. He's not here. Oh my God! Yeah, you go, you go to African churches and you are drowning in, you know, that's casting out demons. Casting out demons. That's the whole ministry. You go to the Caucasians and they no mention there's no mention well many of them some of them do mm -hmm. but majority don't even mention satan they don't know him they don't talk about him and mm -hmm. he's living in the midst is in their midst mm -hmm. um so demonology is something that a mature christian must un understand that these evil spirits are moving around the mm -hmm. bible is very clear look at job yeah. you read the book of job say why the sons of god were gathered satan also gathered mm -hmm. came with them mm -hmm. you know so he's not afraid he talks to god but he was talking to god you know about job mm. you know so he's still doing the same thing today mm. and these are fallen angels that are moving around the world and their goal is to invade the human body mm -hmm. and control it because mm. just like the holy spirit we control a true christian so demons also seek to be in charge yep. of the human body and to bring the body down through sickness, through diseases, you know, manifestation of all manner of things that are contrary to God. There are people that Satan is the one driving them. Some of the psychological problems we say, the people are you know, people are hearing voices. You all hear that, right? Who yeah. is speaking to them? Mm. It's these demons. Yeah, yeah it's these demons. It's not a brain problem. Yeah. It's evil spirits that are speaking in their ears, speaking, and they can't stop hearing, kill yourself, kill yourself, mm. kill yourself. And then you see somebody jump or take your gun, kill kill your neighbor, kill your neighbor. And they keep hearing mm. it until they kill their neighbor. Yeah. And if we will understand this, we will actually be praying more and ministering deliverance to people more mm. than we give them some of these uh, drugs that no, is uh, numbing them mm. and making them more open to demons. So... Mm. Demons are real. Um, if you want to mature, you have to understand mm. that demons are real. They have come to steal, they have come to kill, mm. and they have come to destroy. destroy. They are they counter the purpose of Jesus Christ. Mm. Where you know Jesus came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. abundantly. These demons come to come to derail us and mm. make sure that we stand in exact opposition to, to the, the, the demands of the gospel. Mm. Mm. You know, they get us angry, they get us frustrated, you know, they mm. get us doing some wrong stuff. And uh, there are some scriptures we can look at. Um, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5 is clear about, you know, how to live in this world. He said, can someone help me read that scripture if you can find it? You know, yeah. As you are finding it, let me read this one. Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God, mm. so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Who are we to say there is no evil? Mm. You know, when God is saying mm. there is evil. And mm. you can see there are rankings. It's not just <laughs> evil. They have ranks. Mm. It talks about authorities. It talks mm. about powers. It talks mm. about rulers, mm. you know, of, of the darkness of this world. Mm. Spiritual forces of evil. So it's like a military uh, organization. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Yeah. That's yeah. how I picture yeah. it. Yeah. It's like a military yeah. organization. And they're ready to fight. And the only thing that they respect is the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says... Jesus Christ was given a name that's above every name, that at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow, and yes. all tongues confess that mm. he is Lord. He is Lord. the Lord. Mm. So, And can I share something to that point? I think even for us as uh, students on campus, right, a lot of times understanding what you're saying, like a mature believer has to understand demonology, understand spirits. We can't just understand God and mm-hmm. think that Satan is not our adversary roaring like a, a lion to mm-hmm. devour, devour us, us, right? Yeah. And so... The scripture tells us, right, it says this um, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse uh, 14, it says, and uh, solid food is for the mature who have, by reason of their use, been able to distinguish between good and evil. And what we don't realize is that the sin that God tells us to avoid is actually the doorway through which these demons actually Mm. begin to engage the life of a believer. Mm. So you can be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, but because maybe you're on campus and you're like, oh man, like, is it that big of a deal if I go to a party and I'm listening to their music and I'm around drugs and all this sexual activity, it's not a big deal, it's not affecting me, or, you know, is it a big deal if I do this or do that, all these things. What we're not realizing is that the Bible tells us that when we touch the unclean thing, it opens up the door for the enemy to Mm. engage us. Mm. And through, you know, I want to read this one scripture. Ezekiel 44 verse 23 God is speaking to the priest and he says and the priest shall teach my people the difference between the holy and unholy Mm -hmm. and cause them to discern or to distinguish between the clean and the unclean Mm -hmm. and scripture says in 2nd Corinthians 6 it says touch not the unclean thing and I will be a father to you he says come out from among them and be ye separate touch not the unclean thing and I will be a father to you and so what we don't realize is that these sinful things is how the enemy engages us so while we're battling oh is this a sin is it not a sin the devil knows whether it's a sin or not because he knows (laughs) if he has an open doorway to engage your life so people are still questioning oh is this a sin is this drug a sin all these things not realizing that when we truly submit to God's standard of what is unclean and clean, it gives us the perfect safety in terms of not being able to be inhabited by evil spirits or be oppressed by evil spirits. Some mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I've been a Christian. I prayed, I fasted, I did all these things. But as long as you still have something unclean in your life, the devil has still found something yes. in you to gain to gain access into your life. Mm-hmm. And so you can go to as many pastors you want, get counseling for as much as you want. As long as you still are engaging with on on campus with sinful things, you're still going to clubs or going to parties, doing these things, you're leaving a doorway open for the enemy, no matter how much you want to negotiate. Oh, the Bible didn't say it explicitly. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you for the connection uh, with between sin and Satan. Many people don't know it, but there are two very, you know, very important scriptures that make that connection. I think Ecclesiastes chapter ten, verse eight says, He that digeth a pit shall fall into it mm. and also break it an edge a serpent shall bite him mm. Mm. you know wow. if you break an, the hedge if you break the hedge the mm. serpent if you break the wall yeah the barrier will come through yes. it and it will come and bite you that wall is the the covering of the holy spirit yes you know the covering of holiness if mm. you get out of it that's covering you you get something else mm. uh, outside <laughs> there. the other one said you know, do not give the, the devil a, 
foothold. A foothold, a place to stand in your life. You can have mm. a mansion, beautiful mansion, um, and you every you own everywhere. But if you assign a room, uh, one room in your mansion to sit, and he will crawl out of that room mm. to take over the whole house. Mm. Mm. That's the way it works, and that's what sin gets to do for us. He gives, he gives uh, 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 the devil a seat in the room. Mm. Your sin gives him access in the room. And sitting in that place, just like yeast, you know, yeast spread, spreads. Mm. You mm. know, it overtakes the whole, your yeah. whole life yeah. Yeah. in a short time. You say, but is it this small thing I am doing? Yeah. It's not just that small thing. It's, uh, mm. it's, it's a, growing. It's a, it's a first class seat <laughs> <laughs> for, for Satan. You know, and he's sitting there and he's enjoying himself. Mm. Until you shut that down, um, you may not be able to make progress. Mm. Yeah. I think also when we understand the spiritual implications of some of these things, we will be cautious about some of the things we talk about as gray areas, right? Like, yeah. you know, the funny thing is the word pornography is not anywhere in the Bible, right? But if you understand sexual morality, if you want to become nitpicky about words and things like that, not understanding what God is saying, then you will justify certain things in your life that still give the devil an opportunity to infiltrate your life, right? Mm. And so I think it's important that we understand these connections between sin and, you know, and Satan. Yeah, yeah, and Satan, and yeah. Demons, yeah. Yeah. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And I think it's good to remember that there are two different kingdoms operating here. If you think of it even in the natural sense, the way that uh, the UK operates is different from how the US operates. You can't take what we do here and go to the Queen's Palace and begin to say, well, I'm from the USA. Who cares? You're in a different kingdom and the rules are different. And so if you're that person that's going to uh, a party, for example, where there are drugs and sexual morality, all these different things, you have now entered a different kingdom. And in that kingdom, they play by different rules. And that enemy has been told and his agents have been told to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So it doesn't matter what scriptures you read before you came or if you went to church the Sunday before. Once you step into a new governing authority, you are subject to that authority. And that's why it has such a serious spiritual implication. Like sometimes I wish that God could just open some people's eyes to see what's happening in the spirit. If Mm. you could see Mm. just the the things that are happening just spiritually, I think you would turn around and run the other way Mm -hmm. because it's not, it's not, it's not a small thing. And just because your flesh can tolerate it Mm -hmm. and you don't immediately see the consequence of what's happening, it doesn't mean that the enemy has now not used that as a way to Mm -hmm. get access, not only to your life, even the people around you. Mm -hmm. I've seen many times where the, um, what one maybe parent has done, um, how that has affected even their entire household. But thank God in Christ, right? He says that the sins of the father will no longer affect the sins of the child. But without Christ, when we don't um, close that door and repent and return to God, the enemy just takes it and he just runs havoc. Mm. You were going to say something, Abby? Yeah, just to um, the one point I was thinking about in college when someone recently got saved and they were asking me, so does this mean I shouldn't go to parties anymore? And normally what I would say is, all right, the scripture says, but for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I already know that you're planning on going to a party either tomorrow or whatever the case is. So as you go, because I know that you're already going to go, I'm praying that the Lord will open up your eyes to see what is really going on there. Mm. And so she actually ended up going and then she came back and said, Abby, I saw, you don't even understand. I've been partying all this while, 
but at this particular party and not because it was special, but I was able to see that people were all depressed. People were like, basically she was able to, able to see, finally see what yeah, she never saw before. See what she was engaging in mm. that was so innocent before. Yeah. Um, but you know, we thank God for opening up her eyes at that moment, but it's just like, yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring that up because honestly, I think that things are more spiritual than we think it is. Mm. Um, and the enemy has, um, um, creeped in in a way where he makes it seem that things are so innocent. It's just a, mm. a group of people gathering yeah. and things like that. And they got really yeah. sick. Yeah. One thing I don't mean to, you know, this topic, we can't even delve into it fully, but the topic of modesty, understanding that aspect from the spiritual dynamic of it, right? We don't, you know, sometimes I think the conversation in the Christian dome is so tense because it's like you're trying to control me and make me dress like a nun or do all these things um, or just kind of change me outwardly. But people don't realize the spiritual implications of how we carry our bodies physically, right? Mm. The Bible says to glorify God in your body and in your spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians 6. And we also read in uh, 2 Corinthians 7, it talked about putting, you know, cleansing ourselves from every filthiness of the body and of the spirit. But the biggest thing I want to just point out, right, is that when you make yourself an instrument of seduction, an instrument of the enemy, mm. that the enemy can now begin to use you. Uh, because of how you are dressing, that actually means something that's very, very wow. real. And that's scriptural. And one example is uh, Romans 6, right? It says in Romans 6, verse 13, starting from verse 12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. Verse 13, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to wow. sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to mm. God. And so we talk about this modesty thing from the perspective of, oh, you guys are just controlling or that's your subjective standard, not realizing the spiritual implications that you can mm. make yourself an instrument of the enemy. You can present wow. your bodies as an instrument of sin, unrighteousness unto sin. You can mm. literally become a, a minister of seduction because of how you are carrying your body. Romans 12 says it, that this is our reasonable service to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, you know? So I just want to um, just kind of point that out that not only in the area of modesty, but in so many other areas too, that there are spiritual implications to some of the things that we are kind of just talking about and thinking that it's just a dogmatic discussion or it's just theory or whatever. Yeah. The, the, the issue of modesty is an area that Satan has really hijacked the church of God mm. <clears throat> to the point where it's like, be silent, don't talk about it anymore. Mm. You know, so people are shying away from telling people anything. That's mm. one way the devil, even not just in church, everywhere, even in schools, you can't mm -hmm. tell anybody anything. I mean, things are happening in my classroom that 10 years ago, I never thought could be happening. Mm. And you, you expect her not to say anything anything about it. Mm. And that's pathetic. That's very, very pathetic. Mm. Mm. And believers, I mean, I can understand the world. Right. You know, seduction is going to remain seduction. Mm. Mm. It doesn't matter whether it's from men. A man can be seductive. Mm. Yes. A woman yes. can mm -hmm. be seductive. Yeah. And men know how to be seductive. Mm -hmm. I see I see it. Yeah. I, yes. One of those days I, I was looking at my um, computer and you know how things show on the... On the mm -hmm. On the side of the this thing, yes. it, it was a full-blown man in an underwear with his uh, pee <laughs> <laughs> protruding it, mm. you know, underneath mm. it. And right. 
I was like, if I were if I yes. were a woman, what, what would right. I do? It doesn't with this just apply to what women. It applies to men as well. Yeah. Yeah. So men are doing this evil. Yes. Mm-hmm. As much as women are doing yes. the evil. Yeah. Even on campus, you know, now we'll see people, just, men, just wearing shirts that show Please. the all, all the way V necks that comes all the way yeah. down to their mm-hmm. chest, showing mm-hmm. nipples, all those things, yeah. right? And it's their like pants too tight. You know, uh-huh. pants are too tight. Those things. So it applies to men, and I think women have, uh, and rightfully so in some ways, maybe women have also really been. Uh, the ones who have only been addressed. So it's kind of been hypocritical yeah, from yeah. the church's standpoint that we only mm-hmm. speak about women. And obviously, yes, society does amplify the use of women. But in that you case. find that men, men usually are more clothed, though. You, yeah, you know, right, yeah, right, you, right. You come to a place where it's very, very cold. You see a man in three, Mm-hmm. wearing a t-shirt yes. wearing another one on top of mm-hmm. it wearing another one on top of it. and you see a woman sitting by his side mm-hmm. wearing nothing mm-hmm. yeah no we saw it all freeze, we saw, I remember at College Park at College Park yeah College Park going to the going to the yeah College Park we see it'll be freezing no, cold winter time people going to the on Thursday Thursdays people will be going to the club wearing skirts wearing all things wearing all things no honestly and it's like wow like no I I remember being at UMD once spring hits it's like I literally know somebody who uh, would walk to class looking at the floor because it's just like some people literally were not wearing enough clothes. You're talking about spring, even in the winter in no, the cold. Honestly, going to parties, oh, it's oh, like season, I, I will I will freeze in the cold before I put clothes no, on. Like I will wear the shortest skirt no matter how cold it is. It's yeah. like you know, so it's it's an interesting thing. But I think uh, it applies to men as much as it applies to women. Mm-hmm. But we don't really. We don't, we say, oh, God, it's not that big of a deal. God doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like God knows my motive. And honestly, I don't think sometimes we're really paying attention as much to our motive and really you dissecting know, these things and allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate what's really, really there. We're saying, mm-hmm. oh, I just wore it because I liked it. But let's really boil down yeah, to glorifying really God in our body. So, what does that yeah. really look like? It's more than just having physical sex. What does it look like to carry your body and present your body as an instrument of righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. So something the, the, the funny thing is in the Garden of Eden when mm-hmm. Adam and Eve sin, yeah. and they saw they were naked. God made clothing for them. Yes, mm-hmm. remember that God took leaves yes. and they yeah. took they took leaves and they started covering themselves. Yes, mm-hmm. so there's something about covering that yes. is spiritual. Yes, yeah. yeah, covering our nakedness is very very spiritual. People can make it look different. Let me tell you, I believe that it's not even that people like these things. I think. Some people do this because one person just told oh them that that's what goodness. they like. Mm-hmm. Yes. You yes. know, you are dressing you're, like you're, this, dressing just, more yeah, provocatively. I just, I just love you. Yeah. You look exquisite. You or know. even you're becoming more womanly. I'm yeah. seeing that you're yes. growing. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> just one remark somebody will make will yeah. now make a young woman just turn around and that's what they want to do. Yeah. And they think everybody likes it because mm. Mr. James said that that's what they really like. They don't mm-hmm. know that Mr. James has a mm. different a colored eyes and he has other intentions. Wow. Yeah. And then now they now think it's universal. They must like it. So let me do it. Show it them, mm-hmm. so to them. No. Wow. Wow. Here's what Jesus said in Philippians chapter two, verse three. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain deceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of the others. Mm. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in ve- who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And I think Jesus, he 
exemplified how a mature Christian should live this out. It doesn't really matter what your flesh wants or what you desire. As a mature Christian, we put others above ourselves in humility. Mm. And so I may feel good when I wear this, but once I have the knowledge that me wearing this makes me an instrument of seduction, I should no longer want anything to do with it Mm. because my desire is to be a servant, not to exalt myself. It's like the Bible says you may have the freedom to do it, but are you going to use that freedom as Mm. an opportunity to sin Mm -hmm. or Mm. to glorify God in your mortal body? Yeah. Yeah, You know, I know someone may be listening to this and thinking like, that's so extreme. Like me, you're telling me me wearing this article of clothing now makes me, an instrument of of the enemy, an instrument of of seduction, and all these things. Or isn't and, it the boys who are lusting? Oh yeah, things of like that nature, right? And I just wanted to, um, you know, point out in Galatians five, right? And this is, you know, God is looking at every person's heart, you know, in comparison to the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is the mirror, and it is able to judge the thoughts and the intents of mm. our heart. And so God is judging the intent of your heart, even as you respond to his word, even as you respond to these scriptures. And he's pointing you to his word to find your actions and your behaviors in light of his word. How does what you do reflect uh, Christ's standard in his word? How does your choices in terms of how you dress? And it's more than what what you dress like. We've already uh, talked about it, that the motives of your heart are important, too. But we can't neglect to talk about how we carry our bodies is an important uh, feature and important understanding to have as a believer. The scripture I'll give you is Galatians five nineteen. It tells us that lewdness is one of the works of the flesh. Mm. And that word lewdness, it actually means, if you look it up, that word lewdness means indecency, obscenity, vulg- vulgar sexual characteristics or behavior or sexually explicit, right? Mm. And so a lot of times, you know, we want to say, oh, like, it's subjective and all these things, but even the world knows what sexually explicit is, right? Mm. Like a woman doesn't have to be full blown naked for you to close your child's eyes, you know, yeah. to not look at that, those kind of things, right? It's like, we know what explicit uh, things are sexually. And so um, I think it's time that we use the word to bring our definitions and our motives to light, you know, what we define as modesty and all these different kind of things. Mm. That's important. I also think about um, James chapter three, where it, differentiate, it differentiates between um, the wisdom that comes from above and the wisdom of this world. And I just want to read it. James chapter 3, I'm going to start from verse 14, actually 15. It says, Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And that word sensual just means appealing to the senses. And so it's saying that any kind of wisdom that basically is earthly, is worldly, or sensual, demonic, um, does not come from God. But here's what godly wisdom looks like. It says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace, peaceable, then considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And so there's just a clear distinction between, I think, what an immature and what a mature Christian would look like in this area. A mature Christian walks in wisdom that comes from heaven and not from this world. And the way that the Bible makes this very clear is that that wisdom is, first of all, pure. It's like you said, the motive of the heart. And we know the Bible tells us to examine ourselves. And you can you you know when something is coming from a pure heart or just to satisfy your own desires. But above all of that, love is always willing to yield. And so when it comes down to it, if something is causing so much turmoil or is causing so much um, just contention and confusion, love is willing to let it go and lay it down 
for the sake of a brother or sister in Christ. Because what is a skirt in light of eternity? Like what is a shirt? What 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 weight do these things carry when you're looking at the bigger picture? Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting that when the world, you know, raises their voice and says, oh, you Christians are to this, you Christians are to that. We believers, we are so quick to conform and say, you know, okay, we'll listen to whatever the world is telling us to do when the world has a complaint. But if a believer complains and says, oh, oh hey, I think you goodness. should modify or change this, it's like we have to create a whole new we denomination. Start we ourselves. start fighting and <laughs> just like, and all these things. But the Bible and, and the scripture says that the world will know us by our love, how we yeah. loved each other. <laughs> so it's funny that when the world says, oh, Christians, you guys are too harsh or too judgmental, believers, we just cower and say, oh, yes, we should change, right? Mm. But when another believer who has the spirit of God, right, will come and say, hey, I think you should change or modify this, or I don't know if this really glorifies Christ. We'll now just fight and uproar and all these things and resist. But when the world says it, we're just ready to conform and to Mm -hmm. yield. And I think that there's something very um, wrong with that. And again, we're not, this isn't about modesty. This is about any area, uh, just being willing willing to yield. We're talking about how, like, you know, we're not ignorant of the devices of the devil, what he's doing. It's literally the the enemy to divide us. Yes. And we'll spend three hours talking about talking about all these things when the word of God, the Bible says it's not up for personal interpretation. And that's like, we look to the word and we see, study yourself, study to show yourself approved, right? We look through the word of God to get all these things to see the knowledge. But even as we are having discussions like this, we can do it without um, condemning one another or looking at one another yes. as being less than yeah. like, that's what the world should be doing, not us. And so I think that you know, the enemy has a way he tries to do in the body of Christ is to put us against each other to make us think that, well, you're not a real Christian because you think this, well, you hate us. Cause you did this. Like we're part of the same body. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, I hear, you know, what makes this thing very uh, uh, wonderful is that somehow there are two men here and two women and it appears we're agreeing, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they expect that the sisters will say, uh, Men Uncle too, George yeah. and Toby, why are you bashing us like this? <laughs> I mean, we are not doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, we are women. So sometimes they do that. The mm-hmm. enemy wants to divide us along yeah. the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the good thing is, most times when I have felt disgusted mm-hmm. about what somebody was wearing, my wife spoke about it before I even spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went to church and somebody was just annoying mm. in, their, in, their, in their dressing. Mm. Before, and we entered the car, my wife would say, we'd be the one who said, did you see what this person, how this person was dressed? Mm. And my wife of definitely is, a, is another woman. She should sympathize mm. with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those type of things. Yes. But she is sometimes more wounded Appalled, than I am. Yes. Yeah. I am more disturbed than mm. I am. So it tells me that it's not anything to do with gender. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that is deeply spiritual. No, it's very Mm -hmm. true. And I Mm -hmm. think that this, um, it's so funny because now in conversations like this, people want to make it seem like it's like this patriarchal Christianity where men are dominating and misogynistic and all these things, not realizing it's so funny. So one, I'll use myself as an example because I shared this with someone before, right? I was at church doing announcements one day and uh, one of the pastors afterwards pulled me to the side and said, hey man, the pants you're wearing are too tight. And so I was like, okay, I didn't wear those pants again. So modesty applies to men too. Mm -hmm. But here's the funny thing to what Uncle George just mentioned, right? That especially now in the day and age that we're in, a lot of Christians um, are trying to justify like, oh, well, I don't need to cover up or be modest or do all these things because men are lustful. Not realizing that there are women who just got saved 
who came out of homosexuality yes. mm-hmm. who are being tempted yes. because and, and seduced and all these different kind of things by yes. other women and yes. how they're dressing as well. Yes. And so we're trying to make it like it's about men and men are being, men need to control themselves all these things. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, it was never about men because wow. as you can see, we have people who are getting born again and who have even been born again in this ministry who came out of lifestyles of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. I know a sister in, in, in our ministry who's also like, hey, I really don't like seeing women exposing themselves because it messes with my mind. Mm. Right. Yes. And some women are also even dealing with insecurity. So we're not just saying don't be a stumbling block for the men. For the men it was well. never about the men. And so I think we have to get love back into our hearts, mm-hmm. get love and say it's not about me. If a believer or a brother comes and brings a complaint, is this com- issue that I'm trying to hold on to? Is it so important mm-hmm. that I would say my brother's complaint doesn't really matter? I don't really care because it's my life and your and like my liberty is not going to be dictated by your weakness or all these things. Like mm-hmm. that's not love. Yeah. That's not what Christ taught. So no matter whether the skirt was too short or wasn't too short or whether the guy wearing his shirt was too exposing or not. It's about love. Will you be willing to yield and exercise the wisdom that Sarah just read in James 3, verse 15 and 16? Will you be willing to yield? Will you be peaceable? Will you be humble enough to say, hey, yes, if this is an issue to you, it's not that important that yeah. I should make a big deal about it and try to hold on to it so much. So I think we have to put love back on and um, understand that it's never about women versus men when it comes to modesty or many other issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really pray that as a body of Christ, we can put to death this whole attack on men that's going on right now. Because mm. I don't know how many times a day I just see the word misogynistic or <laughs> male, like all these things about right. men. I'm just like, we as Christians can't join in and begin to sing mm. the same song of the world. And they're literally attacking men of God for no reason, just because mm-hmm. they're men. And it's it's just... But we, it's also weird, though, <laughs> because there's that and there's the aspect of women actually showing their body to actually attract those same men. You, you get what I'm saying? Nice something. It doesn't even make any sense to me. It's like, uh, I don't understand. I really don't yeah. understand. I, it's I, like I, you're, I, you're showing yeah. your body and then you're upset that people are, are or men are saying, hey, you know, this is not whatever. And then at the at the same time, you're still also exposing your body to, to mm. attract the men. Does that make mm. sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's counterproductive. Yeah. Mm. It's confusion. I think there's definitely teaching to be done in this area and... Like Uncle George said, there's definitely fear, I think, in the body of Christ to bring up these things. But, you know, the Romans 12 and just understanding like, hey, what does it mean to glorify God in your body and to present your body a living sacrifice? And just understanding the spiritual implications of how we carry our body is so important. You know, another uh, aspect of, uh, you know, Christian maturity that I, I think we should really touch on is a mature believer is somebody that's committed to doing God's will. Yeah. And as simple as it at sounds, the the, as simple as it sounds, I think this is something that God has to work in on our hearts. Cause I know God's had to work on my heart in this, right? That being a believer is not just a means of gain. Like my duty is, is really to Matthew six thirty three seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto me. Mm. And so living the Christian life devoid of being focused on serving God's purpose and advancing his kingdom. Like you mentioned, like, Hey, how can I really be a Christian? And I sit 16 weeks in, in, in the school and I never share with any of my classmates about Christ. Like how yeah. am I really devoted to God's will? But yet I am so concerned. God helped me to get an A. God helped me to get an internship. God helped me to do all these things. And it's like my Christianity is merely a means of gain, mm. but I'm never advancing and pushing God's will forward. Jesus said it in John chapter 5, verse 30. I don't know if you guys have that scripture, but I, I think it it's up. really yeah. Uh, key. Yeah, you can go ahead and read it. 
It says, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Right, mm-hmm. seeking not to please himself, but pleasing him who sent him. So I think that's another hallmark of Christianity is like being committed to God's will, to the things that are important to God and to serving. He said, I came not to ser- to be served, but to serve in yeah. Mark ten forty five. So I think that's another important hallmark. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just... Uh, Okay, you know, when we talk about ministering in our places of work and in school, sometimes it can be very challenging. And um, I know it's an area where many of our people, students, members of BCF struggle. But one thing I want to tell everyone is this. As you're li- if you are listening to me, listen well now. Um, there's in, uh, com- Many campuses have people who are above 18 years of age. Okay, meaning that they are adults. Yeah. Right? They can they can pull you aside and talk about sex. Right? They yeah. can pull you aside and talk about drugs. Yep. They can pull you aside and talk about fraternity, solority. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they can also pull you aside and talk about Christ. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And you, nobody goes to jail for any of those things. Mm. Nope. The reason is they are adults. And they are free to have any type of conversation. And they are having any type of conversation. Already. They are having conversation about weeds, mm. smoking marijuana, and they don't, they don't go to jail about it. They mm. talk about guns, mm. and they don't go to jail about mm. it. They talk about hero, uh, heroin and cocaine and all of that stuff. Mm. I don't see how talking about Christ can send anybody to jail mm. yeah. between a conversation between two adults. The different if is between uh, minors. Mm-hmm. You know, and you are not forcing, you are not taking a knife to force somebody to listen to you. No, they have people have right to walk away from you. So the fear of uh, what will they do if I speak? Mm. What how would they perceive me? How do they perceive themselves when they talk about drugs? <laughs> when they talk about alcohol, when they talk about all mm. you know, uh, pornography. Mm. How do they perceive themselves? Mm. So the whole idea for me is consensual speaking, mm. consensual conversations. Mm. Yeah, if somebody consents to listen to you, mm. share. Yeah. Yeah, share. It doesn't, I mean, if they send you to jail, go. there will be a lawyer that will advocate for you, even mm-hmm. for free. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because we have freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you cannot do is force your information on people. Mm. Yeah, but if you are able to attract someone and say, let's talk about this. Mm. I mean, if you are selling dresses, people will listen to you. If you carry your articles of, you know, for sale, people will gather around you yeah. and you talk. And it's happening every day on campus. Mm. So what's the di- if we want to talk about Hitler, you can do a seminar and a convention, mm-hmm. a workshop on Hitler, <laughs> right? And people will listen to you. Yeah. So what's different about Jesus Christ yeah. that's making him an anathema in, mm. on, on campuses wow. or anywhere? Mm. So we have to be on, have this understanding. Mm. Yeah, I can tell Toby to come out, come, let's go eat lunch. And then I have something to share with you. If Toby yeah. says, I don't want to hear that, you let it go. Mm. Yeah. But if Toby says, I want to listen to what you have to say, mm. Mm. Toby is above 18 and he can talk for himself. He's of age. Mm. You know, so uh, that, not, that fear of not talking to people because it's, it's total nonsense. Mm. <laughs> and we should kill it mm. yeah. you know, and really become free. Mm. Yes. Just be very careful that... It's not if you don't listen to me, I'll break your neck. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And I think just even that to that aspect too, like 
a mature believer, being someone who is really committed to doing God's will and advancing God's kingdom, you know, Matthew 6, 33, I think just using every opportunity that we have, like, you know, there's been a culture even in our ministry of using uh, celebrations or birthdays to really proclaim Christ. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, just having that awareness, that commitment, that hunger yeah. is an important feature of maturity because Christ didn't just come to, you know, live and be a Christian. I even think about it for us on campus, like, you know, we could think that our time on campus is all about like, hey, let me just get academics. Let me get my grades, do well, get a job and that's it. But it's like a believer who is mature is mindful of Christ's business. You know, the yeah. Bible says occupy that's, till that's, I come, yeah. you know, occupy till I come. So if I'm just living my life, enjoying the richness and the abundance of Christ, but I'm not advancing his kingdom, I'm not taking every opportunity. How then am I mature when Christ mm. himself, right? He's like, I didn't come to be served. Mm-hmm. I didn't come to just receive the blessings of God here. I came to serve. I came to advance the kingdom kingdom you know and so i think that's such an important feature that we need to take advantage of opportunities not only to share our faith but to use the things that we have even our gifts right it's like yeah you know i think that's a big area in the christian dome where it's like we could be using our gifts to glorify christ instead of just using it to you know sing about you know or or whatever the case we might be you know using our gift for we should be using it to advance god's kingdom in some way in some fashion yeah and the holy spirit is available to help us Mm. you know um we talked about how the holy spirit um, equips us for ministry. And um, in the book of Acts, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come upon you after you and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you mm. and he will give you the power to witness to all the ends of the earth. Mm. And so the power to witness, to come with the word of knowledge or um, to literally manifest the gifts of the spirit when you're talking to somebody it comes from the Holy Spirit. And I found that, you know, there will be people who don't want to hear what you have to say and that's fine. But I also found that when you connect with some somebody on a level where it's like okay there's no way that you would have known this unless something had revealed it to you it just opens that door right away so just knowing that god literally gave us his spirit so that we could be effective when we go forth ministering the bible says that he confirmed his word with signs and wonders Mm -hmm. so even though you're a college student expect that god is with like know that god is with you and expect him to move as you're talking as you're sharing if they shut you down that's your feet keep moving but know that god is able to literally give you the open door that's needed to reach a certain person yeah honestly i think Um, I think to add a second part to being committed to do the will of God, I think number one is to know what the will of God is. Mm -hmm. And first Timothy two verse um, three to four, it says, this is good and pleases God, our savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so that's God's simple desire, um, will as, as someone would say, right. Um, for people to literally come to the knowledge of him. And so a mature believer then who wants, who number one, cause we talked about, um, and we can even go back really quickly. We talked about, um, how a mature believer pursues righteousness, um, maintains pure motives, etc. obedient, fully submitted to God has, uh, the love of God, character of Christ, all these different things, knows yeah. the doctrines and the foundational truths. But the thing is that like, what, with all of those things, like what role do you play, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's your role in the church, in the body of mm-hmm. Christ? What's to, next? What's, what am I to do? Lord, yeah, what are you thing? to do yeah. when it comes to doing the will of God? Yeah. The will of God, God wants, no, he does not desire for any wicked man to perish. Yeah. And so it's like, what is your role in in seeing that happen as a student? Because a lot of people may think that, okay, like I'm juggling school and work and all mm-hmm. these different things. It's so not, like, yeah, the what, pastors are going to do the, it. The let, church, yeah, the let church the, ministers let, are going to do it. Or let me graduate and yeah. then I'll figure it out type of 
thing. But it's like, literally, there's always an opportunity. That was like the number one thing for me. I knew that when I first got saved, I needed to know, okay, how am I going to function? Like, what has God called me to do? Mm -hmm. And myself, personally, I know I'm an evangelist. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there is a talk of, okay, if you're not an evangelist, don't evangelize. You're not really supposed to evangelize. No, there is some way that God God has for you to share Christ with someone, whether it's literally through talking, whether it's through, um, you know, your whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your gift is. And so I think the main thing is um, noting that. And then one other scripture real quick um, is John chapter nine, verse four. I think that um, when it comes to knowing the will of God and even the last thing that um, one thing that you were sharing, Sarah, about the end times and knowing that Jesus Christ is coming, I think that it should bring a sense of urgency mm-hmm. to number one, know the will of God, to know your part in that and then to begin to do it. Yeah. And so John chapter nine, verse four says, as long as it is day, we must work to do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And so um, mm. I think it's really important. Mm, like deep. a mature believer is is very Redeeming aware the of the mm. end times, very yeah. aware wow. of the will of God, very aware of their part to play wow. in the whole entire grand scheme of wow. things. So, yeah. That's deep. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. You know, um, as you are speaking now, I just began to think that mm. many believers don't know that the world is in need of us. Mm. Mm. Believers don't know that, that, our workplaces are in need of us. Yes. You know, I think that if Bowie State University, where I teach, we know how many people have wanted to commit suicide who didn't commit suicide because they met me. Mm. They will be paying wow. me additional salary. <laughs> <laughs> no, suicide State prevention should, yeah, coordinator. Yeah, Bowie State will promote them. <laughs> if they know how many of our wow. students wow. have been trying to hang themselves and they just mm. heard that I'm a pastor wow. yeah. and they, they, they sneaked into my office to say, mm. please, how can I get out of this? Yeah. Wow. And just by simple prayer and counseling, they walked out, mm. walked away, and they are free. Mm. If they know, if Bowie State University will know this, mm. <laughs> I say they will be paying me salary mm. for just people mm. who should have been dead who are alive now. Wow. Or people who are depressed, who were mm. just confused mm. about life, yeah. who just heard that this man is a minister and they, they sneaked into my office, mm. you know, mm. hiding and just come and sit and say, can you just please pray for me? Yeah. Mm. You know, but wow, we don't see that. That's not in the news. Exactly. Mm. You know, mm. that's not in the news. And uh, many believers who work in places have the same opportunity. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you know many people would have divorced their wives or their husbands who just didn't do it because they spoke with me for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and we looked at scriptures. And it's not something I'm boasting about, but mm-hmm. that's just the, the reality. The reality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't hear that in the news. You hear yeah. about people, you know, believers did this, they say this. No, no we are relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are useful. We are a solution to so many. Yes. yes. You know, so yes. if you're on campus and you're a student and mm-hmm. you're a believer, you, you're a solution to that student mm, who is wallowing yes. in drugs. Amen. Who is Amen. seeking Amen. help from mm-hmm. anywhere. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know? Yes. And I think this goes even to the a mature believer you said, like we talked about, you know, being sound in doctrine, but also that speaks to understanding who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. Scripture mm-hmm. says we are the salt and the light of yes. the world, right? Yes. And so when we understand our identity in Christ, like you're saying, we have a place. The world is in need of us. We are the salt of the world. We help to preserve the world. We help to bring out the good in the world and manifest the Holy spirit. We are the light in the world. And so I think that that's such an important understanding, like 
you know, doing God's will and being committed and knowing that there is a place for us. Like, I'm not just here by accident. I'm not just here to get a degree on Mm -hmm. campus. I'm not just here to get a good internship. No, like I'm here to be a vessel that God can use and beginning Mm -hmm. to see yourself that way is part Mm -hmm. of coming to that mature understanding that full measure of the stature of Christ. Cause Christ said, I came to serve and not to be served. One Mm -hmm. scripture I just want to share, um, Luke 19 verse uh, 12 to 13. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a far country to receive himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered to them 10 pounds. And he said to them, occupy till I come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is Jesus giving a parable about how he comes and he gives us, you know, resources. He gave us his Holy spirit. He gives us gifts and abilities by which we can occupy till he comes. We can be busy for him and make him profit while he comes. And this is not profit of, you know, <laughs> gold and silver that will perish, right. but of that which is cannot perish, which is the soul of men. That is what is the only profitable thing to God here on earth. It is the soul of men. It is them being able to reconnect with him is the most important thing. Mm. And in uh, Luke chapter 12, he says, I desire to kindle a fire on the earth and I wish it was already kindled. Mm. Right. And he's like, I want to set the earth on fire. I want people to turn back to me and become passionate for me again. I want the world to be refined and to reflect my glory. I wish it was already doing and God is looking for us to be the ones who will set the world on fire for him, will set people ablaze, hungry for God, mm. wanting to cry out for, for mercy from the Savior, wanting to reconnect. So we have a role in kindling the earth for God and setting it on fire, helping people to become passionate for him again. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. I'll, I'll read the scripture for then you go. It says first uh, Peter first Peter chapter one, verse fifteen. Say, but as he which had called you is holy. So be ye holy in. I'll read it again. First Peter chapter one verse fifteen. But as he which had called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. You know, when I read mm. that word conversation, mm. I'm not. It, it's not Just what's talking. What's talking? What we're <laughs> yeah. doing now? Yeah. You know, uh, there are many times we are holding conversation, even when we are saying nothing. Mm. You know, just <laughs> like body language. Yeah, everything. your body language what you're wearing just by sitting mm. down and saying nothing you are, say, you are saying a lot mm. Mm. Yeah. you're saying a lot you're standing in that corner nobody's there with you you are still speaking mm. something mm-hmm. about you is speaking, speaking. Mm. the question is what are you saying mm. what are people hearing mm. from how you comport yourself from mm. how you do things i just i just talked about you know in my in my position as a chairperson is a very sensitive position i can't just see students and start grabbing them and start talking about jesus right Mm. (laughs) yeah but the truth is that people will look at your life Mm. and they locate you Mm. they Mm. locate you Mm. they come when they're in trouble Mm. and they need help they will find you Mm. somebody will tell them i see people who say are you a pastor i say how did you know who told you i'm a pastor (laughs) i never mentioned to anybody i'm a pastor you know and they come and they say please i need help can Mm. you just pray for me Mm. i say are you sure you want to be prayed for they say please Mm. i want to be prayed for you know this last time last week some young man i'd never thought of speaking to Mm. you know just walked into my office and he was ready to spend two hours Mm. to talk about Jesus. Mm. He was telling me he needs to sp- he, wa- he wants to speak in tongues. That's somebody you never would think. Oh, he forced me to minister to him. I wasn't looking to preach to anybody. This young man was like, please, 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 professor, please. I said, okay. You know, so 
people will seek us out. But in all our, all our conversation, mm. they be holy in all manner of, of conversation. Conversation yes. in mm. your career, in your yes. profession, mm. in your driving on that road yeah. on a, a BWI, you know, mm. uh, two ninety five. Wherever you are, mm. let your conversation yes, be a godly yes. conversation. Yes. Wow. Let people look at your driving and say, "This one is patient. Mm. <laughs> you know, this Amen. one allowed me to pass." Wow. Amen. Who is, who, is, who is this guy? <laughs> yes. yes, you know. No, that's serious. Yeah. Yeah. Even your grades. Yeah, let our conversation yeah. speak. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, that's so real. Wow, this has been a great, great conversation and discussion. We have touched on so much, and there's still so much more to say. So if you are listening, I encourage you to continue to tune in to the rest of season two of Moment of Truth because we will continue to talk about this topic of mature, and we will break down various different areas um, that we as Christians need to mature in. But that is all for this episode. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys just share your final words, your final um, thing you want to say, final scripture or final encouragement, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. What were the uh, the mature, uh, I guess the hallmarks that we mentioned yes. as far as maturity again? Okay. Let's recap the hallmarks. So the first one was just being sound in knowledge and in doctrine and knowledge of basic truths and tenets of our faith. The second one was that a mature believer should emulate the love and character of Christ. The third one was that a mature believer should be obedient and fully submitted to God. Next was a mature believer should pursue righteousness and maintain pure motives. Then it was that a mature believer should be able to discern between good and evil and understand demonology and spirituality. And then lastly, a mature believer should be committed to doing the will of God. Mm. Amen. 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 Who wants to go first? I'll go. What is the thing that you want the person listening to hear or um, take away? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. It says, verse 3, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual morality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because there these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Um, and then I'll just jump down. Um, I think it's the whole chapter, but I'm going to go ahead and jump down to verse 8. For you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Mm. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Amen. And so my encouragement Amen. is this scripture, um, but just to round up like two major things, well, three you're in God. In some versions, I think it says, act like it. <laughs> and um, the second thing is talking about you were once in darkness mm. and you are now light. So that means that your life should look different. Mm -hmm. um, there's no, you know, there's no other thing there. Um, and then the last thing is just having nothing to do with darkness, seeking out verse 10, finding out what pleases the Lord. Yes. Um, and so that was one of the things that Toby touched on about like pursuing righteousness and purity, like really find out, really search the scriptures, really pray, really say, Lord, what are you saying about this and that? I've heard all these different things that these people are talking about. Modesty, demon, like all these different <laughs> things, like 
find out what God is saying. Find mm-hmm. out what the word of God is really talking about for real. Not yeah. what you have already approved, mm. but find out what God has approved yes. and, and live in such a way. And so that's my encouragement. Mm. Mm. Amen. Uh, my final word would be um, expect and embrace change. And um, if there's anything I just want to say on this topic of maturity, that if you're going to believe be a believer, you have to expect and embrace change. Mm. And what I mean by that is the change that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our lives mm-hmm. is critical that we expect it and we embrace it. Yes. If we don't expect it, we'll think that, you know, we're already good, that like, you know, you've already arrived and God still isn't trying to change things about you and refine you. Um, and if you don't embrace it, you may be confronted by the things God wants you to change, but you're not willing to correct it or to change it or to modify. Um, the scripture makes it clear in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And the branches that bear fruit, he prunes. Mm. That pruning process is the change of the Holy Spirit, the change and the conviction and the transformation that he makes in our lives. You have to expect and embrace, you know, that transformation that God wants to do in your life. We're not talking about maturity because we have all already attained. We are constantly being matured and constantly. And the only way we're going to be constantly matured is if we embrace the change the Holy Spirit brings our attention to that. Hey, bro, you need to change this in your life. Mm-hmm. Like I have to embrace that change. I have to, I haven't already arrived. The Bible says if anyone thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he falls. And so I think the biggest pitfall that I want us to avoid is just not expecting that God wants us to change. Like that's what maturity is about is Mm. becoming more like Christ. Don't say you're already like Christ enough that you can't listen to correction or that you can't, Mm. you know, embrace what the Holy Spirit is convicting you to change or say, no, this is okay. Now all these things like if that's your mindset, then you are denying Christ, his Lordship in your life. If you're refusing to embrace the change that God wants to bring in your life, whether that even comes to believers, because remember the church of God, the body of Christ is also God's mouthpiece as Mm -hmm. well. So don't think that, Oh, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can tell me, the word of God and also other believers have the ability to be led by God to tell us and correct us and to challenge us with the word of God to say, hey, this area in your life does not reflect the standard of the word of God. It doesn't reflect Christ. And we should be humble enough to embrace that. So my last word again, expect and embrace change from the Holy Spirit and from his word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. Um, My last word would be something like this. Do not settle for less. Mm. That would be my last word for you. Um, The scripture I want to read is Matthew 5, 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those Mm. who hunger Mm. and Mm. thirst for righteousness. That's hungry. You know, when, when a man is hungry or when someone is hungry and someone is thirsty, they they know you can sense it if you are around them. When they see water, the way they drink it, these days of plastic bottles, you see the plastic bottle collapse <laughs> as, as they pull the water, everything crumples, you know. That's a thirsty man, and a hungry person will go for food the same way. Um, righteousness, peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. You all know that song. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost as the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on. Come on, everybody. Am I singing it right? Yeah, that's right. I was like, I'm going to go in. Yeah, so righteousness, um, 
you know, uh, they, they, it said uh, the righteous ones are as bold as a lion, lion you know, yes. and the wicked runs when nobody is pursuing or chasing them. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's something about the depression and the fear that we have in the world today that has a lot mm. to do with sin, mm. with unrighteousness. I'm telling you honestly, because the Holy Spirit bets joy, you know, it bets give back to joy. And if we sustain him in our lives, we live a very happy, very joyful life. I mean, you'll be persecuted, but even in your persecution, you'll still be uh, happy. You'll still be, you know, you'll still be joyful. Mm. There's a difference between happiness and joy, joyful. Yes. You know, I heard it a long time ago when I was younger. That happening, it, you know, happiness comes out as a result of happenings, right? Mm. right. When things are going in, going in order, you are right. very yeah. excited. But that's not the life of a Christian. Yes. A Christian, you go to that hospital, you see somebody dying from cancer, and they are full of joy. Mm-hmm. They are singing and they are worshiping. You see an able-bodied person, no cancer, no headache, but they are depressed. Mm. Mm. The reason, the difference is the joy the in what Spirit. God is mm. doing in their lives. So maturity is uh, not uh, some. It's not optional for us. We should seek to mature. Yes. In Christ Jesus, Amen. 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 I will, you guys said great things. The only thing that I will add is my final statement is just that maturity is about being like Christ, looking like him, talking like him, moving like him. In the last episode in the scripture where Paul said, you know, I used to think like a child and act like a child, but now I put away those childish things. So in everything we do in our talking, our drinking and our eating and our moving is to be like Christ. And, you know, it's not about how much knowledge we can gain, how many scriptures we can quote or how many theological battles we can win. Because the Bible says in John 5, 39, Jesus was talking. He said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it is the scriptures that bear witness about me. So it's not about how much knowledge we can gain. The knowledge um, is good in our understanding of Christ, but ultimately it points us to him. Mm. Um, In 2 Timothy 3, 7, it says that there are those who are always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. There's no point in having all the knowledge without Christ. Mm. You know, some people, they go Amen. to school Amen. just to gain knowledge about all the religions of the world, but still don't have a savior of their souls. Mm. So being mature is about Jesus Christ. The scriptures point to Christ. In worship, we point to Christ. In prayer, we pray to Christ. Everything is about being more and knowing more of Thank Christ Jesus. because one day we will stand before him. So that's my final statement that I have to say. Thank you so much for listening Um, We pray that you stay tuned. And again, be sure to register for the BCF National Conference. If you think that this podcast was edifying and encouraging, then you need to be at this conference because there will be so much more in worship, in word, in prayer. So BethelCampusFellowship.com, register today. So we're going to close out. I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord. We bless you. I pray for every single person, God, under the sound of my voice. Lord, it is time to move on to maturity. And it is possible, Lord, for anyone who has been discouraged, taking that they're stuck wherever they are. I say to you that the Lord is more than able. His grace is more than sufficient. So as you agree with his word, as you say, yes, I am choosing to move on to maturity, that the power of the Holy Spirit will meet you. Father, we just thank you. We just bless you. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.